The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with myself, Robbie Musto, in the studio here, as always, with my good buddy, Robbie Earl. Now, we're going to pick the bones out of the seven Premier League games already played uh, this weekend. And the only place to start really is at St Mary's Stadium in Southampton, where the two managers involved were under severe pressure to get the three points. It finished Southampton 2, Manchester United 2. And as always on this show, we want feedback. Now, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review our show on the podcast side of things to let us know your thoughts, or through social media. And on Twitter, Rob... We put a tweet out mm. there um, targeted to the Man United fans basically saying, explain your reasons to be optimistic for the future of your Man United with Jose Mourinho in charge. And let me tell you, Robbie Musto, you absolutely touched a nerve with that question because Twitter blew up. We had more responses than we've ever had for a question out there. And listen, let, let's go through just a few of them. Sorry, we, we can't read them all out because there was some, some great ones. Travis Kunder said, there's no reason to be optimistic. It's been two years of boring football in our own half and draws against opponents we should be beating. DJ said, cricket's chirping. <laughs> Silence. Vic Ramjit Singh says, well, he can take us to the championship to play with Norwich and Aston Villa so that we can win a league again. And, and I've got one more, and this is from a non-Manchester United fan, which was interesting. Are you, are you Blade, with a very considered response, said, I never watched the Premier League during the peak years. As amazing as it might have been, those days are over. Everyone, including the fans, clubs and pundits, I think that's what Robbie must have, yeah. need to move on from that time and build a new team and a new legacy. That's just my perspective as a non-Manchester United fan. To be fair, the, the theme continued throughout a lot of these, these tweets. Trev tweets it to say, with Jose in charge, there's no reason to be optimistic. United could sign Messi or Ronaldo in January <laughs> and they wouldn't have more than five goals by May. The man brings the worst out of players. Ahmed Habab tweets to say, devote and strong Jose Mourinho fan here, but I, even I'm struggling to find excuses to defend him any further. It makes me sad, frankly. And, and the final one here, uh, one of many, Jamie Clark says, I can't see a reason to be optimistic, nor can I see it getting any better if Jose was to leave now. We missed the boat not giving it to Giggs and letting him build a side to Manchester United way. Now that, that way has disappeared and we play awful football and have a team full of individuals. Lots of scathing criticism yeah. there, Rob. And on the back of another day... Mm at Southampton where they've only won one game all season yeah. it, it, not a must win but you really expected United oh. to win this game as a top six team supposedly going to a place at Southampton haven't won at home all season one win all season no regular goal scorer Mark Hughes under pressure 
a day to go, kind of enjoy your football and get some results, and it didn't happen. Straight away, Robbie Musto, let's get provocative, and, and mm. I'm going to be devil's advocate, because Lady Lowe did this with the show today. Is Jose getting all the all, all the, the blame on, on some of the players to blame? Shouldn't, as she suggested, Marcus Rashford man up at 21 years of age and score goals? Shouldn't Paul Pogba be showing he's a world-class footballer? Shouldn't the, the back four be defending better? Shouldn't Nemanja Matic be controlling midfield and organising a man who's won titles? Mm. Are we throwing everything at Jose? Well, you know what? I think it's an important um, discussion to have because mm. it does seem that Jose is getting the brunt of everything. Yeah, Everybody's blame is, is mm. on this man. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything I, I would like to say that I, I say about him and the club, I, I, I feel I do consider everything. Okay. And I don't want to be that guy to jump on somebody for the sake of it and blame him for everything. And the truth is, he is not to blame for everything. Okay, uh-huh. some of the players, the way they play today, we'll get onto Paul Pogba, by the way, but of course have to look at themselves in the mirror. That being said, you do the buck does stop with the manager. Mm-hmm. The manager is the guy to motivate, to organise, to cajole, to encourage, to get the best performances from those players. And there's too many players mm. that are nowhere near their level to suggest it's just them. It, it, it does come back to the manager. And today was another example with a, a strange lineup, Rob. Yeah, yeah, weird. McTominay and Matic, two central midfield players in a back three. Just let me go to a, a quick point before we move on to sort of the detail of the game and, and then we'll discuss the, the bigger picture. You're talking about the manager has to cajole, motivate, get the best from players. There was a, there was a great shot before before the match kicked off of Michael Carrick standing in a huddle with all the players and all the players, Robin, and we've been around and we watch for these things. We're intently staring at Michael Carrick as though they were listening to his every word and were ready to go. And I thought, wow, that's quite powerful. As Jose sort of said to Michael Carrick, go out there and wind these guys up. Is that just part of what happened? But either way. For 20 minutes yeah. in the game, they never a, got started. It was an awful start. So I don't, I don't quite get that. Well, maybe the manager said, you know what, you go out there and try and get something out of them from the start. And mm. again, it was another really poor start, conceding does, goals. Does the system does the system affect that? Does, does playing McTominay and Matic, who kind of had much practice from a, from a Champions League game midweek, maybe a couple of days on the training round playing in that back five, does that, does that play part of why it's not a great start? Jose's talked about we haven't started well in enough games and not been aggressive enough. Well, today's a little bit different because there's a lot of injured, injured yeah, centre-backs at the club. One so you, you kind of Rojo, understand why, right. wow, we've only got one fit centre-back. But do we need a five? Do we have to go well, the may, back five? Maybe if there's one centre-back. He doesn't trust anybody else to play back there with him without another, oh, Jones another plus player. plus one, you're thinking yeah, you might could have not been jo- Jones and McTominay or Jones and yeah, Matic. Matic. Yeah, And with Young and Shaw, I guess he didn't feel that that was a strong enough back four. Against Southampton? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And what, but that, what that meant was yeah. that that's another attacking player off the field. Correct. And you look at the lineup, and Pogba can do stuff from midfield, of course. Fellaini, in a, in, it was in a, in a holding role and under Herrera. But really, two out-and-out front players in Lukaku and Rashford. Um, so it... it it's, it just smacks of a little bit more of a defensive approach from, from Jose Mourinho, but it didn't help because they conceded goals and they came back again as well. Uh, it's just more evidence. You look at the league table now, the seventh spot, Manchester United. Yeah. I mean, 16 points behind mm. Manchester City. They've got a minus one goal difference. And it, it you, you just, you think the manager's got to be running out of reasons why he can't get a tune from this squad of players, which is a good few injuries to defenders yeah, right now but yeah. it's a good squad Robin and this is drifting along 
with no sense of improvement or or encouragement for the future, as those those tweets told us. Well, well it was interesting because we were, we were all waiting for, for the, the, uh, the post-match interview just to get a sense of where he thought the blame was going to be. And it seemed to me, Rob, he was placing much of the blame of the defeat, at the defeat of his midfield players. I think because we lost so many balls in midfield, we lost so many balls in, in our transition to, to the last third, that was difficult to have that continuity. With all the respect... I hope people understand what I I mean. We don't have many mad dogs, the ones that bite the ball all the time and press all the time. We don't have many people with that spirit. I would say that the only problem we we had was that um, the two attacking players didn't have enough continuity because in midfield we lost too many balls. Well, I'm not sure United fans want mad dog midfield players. <laughs> this isn't flip. This isn't you know. This this is Manchester United here, by the way. So uh, you know, he wants more continuity from his midfield players, but he wants he wants kind of mad dogs Aggressive, to win it. go and win the ball back, mm. be front foot. But I think the transition and the mistakes and overcomplicating the game that he talked about in the interview is is talking about Paul Pogba. Yes, a veiled line for Pogba. It is, and Paul Pogba, we know is a is a class footballer mm. but right now yeah. and I'm just going on body language and, and what I and I, I think you agree with me in terms of what we've seen in, in a long time of playing and watching he's playing like he don't give a monkeys he doesn't care he's not bothered he, 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 he's he, trying he, stuff mm, he just mm. doesn't look motivated to play anywhere near his there was there was moments and, and I don't use the word lightly but he was a bit disgraceful today. Like, he didn't really care. Like, you know what, I, I'm playing. You're going to have to play me. I'm the main man. He was he was flicking for balls. He, he was overplaying in midfield. He was losing possession. Against a Southampton team that got no confidence. That, 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 haven't, won games, haven't won a game at home. He looked his all... I get the sense between Paul, Paul Pogba and Jose Marino now that there's a flexing of muscles. That both of them are trying to show, you know what, I'm more powerful than you are. Jose Mourinho almost looks like he's got to play him. Looks like somebody upstairs has said, listen, he's too important, this guy's got to play. Paul Pogba's almost going to the stage where he's saying, you know what, I'll play how I want because you know you're going to have to pick me. And it's absolutely, it, it falls worse on Paul Pogba than it does the manager. Paul Pogba is a top-class international world footballer when he's at his best. Today, Rob, he wouldn't have gotten the dog and duck. I'm going to follow that up. Can Paul Pogba ever be a world-class midfield yes. player? No, 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 wait. Okay. Can he ever be that guy that we think he's got the potential to be if his heart oh, okay. and his brain mm. in this scenario doesn't make him stand up and play his best in a difficult a situation? Question, yeah. Is that going to yeah. harm him being a top player for the rest of his career? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. And actually, you're probably saying that the, the difference of those at the very top is that, is exactly what you but talked they were, about. They They've all got ability. Like Everybody, everybody's got ability who's top-class player. Everybody's quick. Everybody's strong. Everybody can do everything. But they've got the heart of a lion. They'll do whatever re- required. Paul Pogba today, a couple of times, almost like jogged and laughed when he, when he gave the ball away. It's like in the perfect scenario of playing in a brilliant team, mm that suits your style, and when he things are going well, he'll, be, he'll look like a million dollars. But that luxury doesn't always come to players. Like right now, it's not in, in his career, and he's reacting in a really poor way. You, you just picked up on something, and there was a guy, actually, and I'm even forgetting the link, you played for, I played against a few times, was probably one of my heroes growing, growing up. It was a guy who played at that football club, and until the uh, mid-90s, won his first Premier League title, Brian Robson, 
mm. was a world-class player. When he had an average group of Manchester United ra- players around, and I used to go and watch him, just go to games to watch him, he tried every minute of every game like his life depended on it. And it wasn't a United team that were winning titles at the time, Rob. Mm. No, I, I mean, I saw that firsthand. I mean, just an, an amazing player with an amazing mental toughness. And I just question whether he can to get to that sort of level without that in his makeup. Just quickly, I, I want to go big picture just, just before yeah. we, we close on this one. Since Alex Ferguson then, and we, we touched on this just after the show when we were walking around, I said, this club is a magnificent football club, Rob. It's got size, it's got stature, it's got money, it's got a fan base, it's got everything. Since Alex Ferguson left, we've had Moyes, we've had Van Gaal, we've now got, got Jose. It doesn't look like it's working for anybody. Is it... Is, is anybody ever going to get this thing? It's back a magnificent again? football club, Rob. But it, but it's, it, it, it's, it, it feels like it's gone out of date mm. in terms of structure mm. and what other clubs are doing. Um, it, it, it yeah, feels it's old, it's old, it, it feels it? Yeah. like it needs like a freshening up of, mm. of, of of management, like higher level management, to get its ship in order to to approach the next 10, 15, 20 years as a professional football club. Right now, uh, uh, with this manager in charge, Rob. It's not going anywhere, is it? It's does, limping does that, along. Yeah. Does that fall on the lap of Edward Wood then? Does he have yes. to sort of separate himself and maybe do the commercial side, the sponsor, all the business that he's good at and bring in a director of football, a head of football operations to run the football side of the business? That that obviously is what should happen. But but I guess when you've got Jose Mourinho as your manager, you can't really do it while he's in charge, Rob, can you? No. You, you, so Jose you, will want you're the You're almost really th- talking about thinking of the next guy yeah yeah and that would be the moment to to hire that structure the director of football a football side of it and let woodward do what he's great at the Mm. commercial side of it and then the football side to modernize to get like arsenal have just done to figure out the future because at the moment it's going nowhere absolutely so united six 16 points behind the leaders and still to beat a southampton team toying with relegation can jose figure out this manchester united product Talking of projects, what's happened to the team we used to hold up as a blueprint for Premier League clubs? What's happened to the Saints? We'll talk that after we get back. You're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in the tick. You all still here with us? I'll take a head count. In the meantime, back to NBC Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, Robbie Earl. Mm. Southampton Football Club, let me give you a brief history lesson. Okay, sir. Four years ago, at this point in the season, Mm. Southampton were in second place. Now, back in 2012-13, they got promoted back into the Premier League. Mm. They finished 14th. Season after, 8th. 7th, 6th, 8th. Last season was 17th place struggle at 36 points. And now, this season, Mm. they're currently in 18th place with nine points through the first 14 matches. Now, just quickly, this club was built in those times, in that, in that uh, recent history, with fantastic recruitment of managers and players. That has mm. ended. Yeah, let me give you a math lesson then. All right. Big group of players, minus selling all your best players, equals relegation. And that's what's happened. They've sold the family jewels. And they've not replaced them. Remind everybody okay. uh, uh, the amount of money since well, the summer of 2014 it? when they were in yeah. great shape in the league. Mm. And, and let's talk about that. It's what almost it? obscene. Van Dijk, Sadio Mane, Luke Shaw, Adam Lallana, Dejan Lovren, Dusan Tadic. You can probably put in uh, Nathaniel Klein and one or two others in there. We're 
Jose Font, you, you're basically yeah. talking the best part of half a billion dollars. Let's say that again. Half, half a, billion a billion dollars in the last four years have gone out of this football club. Where the heck is that money? Inquiry needed. Inquiry needed. I mean, if you're a Southampton fan, that's what you should be asking. What? Not the reason why we're struggling in this relegation fight. Just what's happened to that, that level of money? Now, mon- the players have come in, obviously, with so many leaving, but it's really hard to pick great mm. players. I tell you, it's really hard. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of credit given to this club and the black box kind of room yeah. of, 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 of knowledge and of, of picking the right people, and it was great for such a long period of time, but it's really hard mm. to continue to be great at picking players, etc., managers. That side of it's dropped off. The results have, have starkly and dr- dramatically dropped off to a situation now where Southampton really are staring at relegation full in the face. Absolutely. You look through the group, Rob, and I still think there's, there's some decent players in, in there. Um, but I think history is telling us, and you know, it's a second season now, they're struggling, maybe not as good as, as we thought. Tactically, can we just go to a point today? You go 2-0 up against Manchester United. Mm. Similar system, three at the back um, with wing-backs. And Southampton looked like they wanted to make it three or four. Yeah. They, they made, the game became open at 2-0 with 20 Correct. minutes on the clock Correct. when they should have been shutting it down as they did in the second half. You know what? If they go in at half-time 2-0, I think we're talking a very different story. I mean, you know what it's like when you're 2-0 up at mm. home against Man United um, it's pretty exciting. It's exciting. You get, yeah, and the yeah, fans yeah, are, are yeah. mad up for it. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It became open. It became gung-ho. Mm. And an end-to-end game, which is not going <laughs> to no. end well for Southampton. No. Now, at that point, even if they concede the first goal, you expect the manager to, 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 to like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Let's make this more Midfield, compact. Yeah. Let's just drop off a little bit. Let's Correct. get to the break at halftime mm. with a lead intact. They didn't. Now, the second half of Southampton was how they should have approached that Correct. moment in time. They were compact. Mm. They attacked safely, if yeah. you like. And, and by the way, People in, in the, the second half, they looked like the team trying. that were trying mm. and looked most likely uh, to score because they're struggling with goals. But th- they were on the front foot more than Man United. So the second half was really well managed. Mm. But if that would have been from 2-0 or from 2-1, they would have probably won the game. Yeah. And do you know what? I saw Mark use his press conference yesterday and I thought he was bright, I thought he was forthright, I thought he was honest. And I saw the, the performance today and you think, there is something there if, if this team can, 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 can find a bit of steel. Can, you know, they, they scored two goals, the kid Armstrong's looking d- decent, but Femi played up front, maybe if he can get a few goals from Gabbiadini, obviously Ings coming back. They'd have a chance, if, if, but they've got to do that on a sustained basis over a regular well, point it, of time. It, it, there was a graphic, just quickly uh, before, there's a graphic, the amount of point, 20 points they've lost from, from winning positions. I mean, it's ridiculous that they do yeah. the hard work but can't hang on to it. It's just one of them for the fans and the board at that football club to try and establish. Whose fault is it? Mm. Mark Hughes yeah. has had three wins now in 22 Premier League matches. So yeah. it's either the squad are really, really not very good mm. or the manager is not getting the best out of this group and... It's a tough match, of course, uh, but they've got decisions to make on the future of Mark Hughes. Yep. Take a bit of credit for a 1-1 draw, but Mark Hughes and Southampton still have plenty of work to do. Next, we'll turn our focus to the reigning champions, Manchester City and Pep, getting the job done without hitting top four. My Merle, he's Musto, together with the two Robbies on NBC Sports Radio.
now, the Two Robbies Football Show. Online or with the app. You, you, you can find us anywhere. NBC Sports Radio. And NBCSportsRadio.com. Because our game never stops. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl. Now, let's get to another game that happened today, Rob. Uh, Manchester City beat Bournemouth 3-1. It wasn't always the most silky performance mm. from City. Um, there was ro- rotation. There were changes to the starting lineup. They had played in France on the Tuesday night in the uh, the Champions League. Yeah. But an example, I thought today, of the wide players that are special. Raheem Sterling yeah. and Leroy Sane doing enough throughout the 90 minutes to get the job done. Yeah, absolutely agree with you with those two young players. And their development and maturity, Rob, is something that's different. The other thing I just wanted to touch on is people were saying, I've asked the question, you know, how can City be better? One of the things I think that, that goes a little bit unsaid is it. I think they're a bit more the, the experience now of winning a title stands them in good stead. They kind of understand that when you're not playing at your best, you still win a game. They know sometimes when you travel, you might be a bit flat, but their flat seems better than most other people. And it was interesting when Pep was asked after the game as he celebrated his 400th winning match as a manager, what he thought of today's match. Pep, many congratulations on your 400th win as a manager. What did you make of it today? I didn't know it. <laughs> Well, congratulations, Pep. What did you make of the performance? When you win at home three or four or uh, in a better, more comfortable side, the people start to think how easy is everything, what we have done in the past. And, uh, and that's why I like, of course, win in the way we won today, especially in the first half with uh, everything it was uh, flat. The football's been so sparkling this season. Why do you think it was flat today? Because we play every three days, my friend. <laughs> we play every three days. And we travel in Champions League and come back. And, and sometimes it's complicated. And because the opponents are good too. Mm. So that is what it is. But that's why when we are in the top teams, we have to learn that. And everybody, maybe you can tire it, but have to be always here ready to do that. Because the first half, for example, example Raheem. Raheem didn't was involved in our game. In the second half, he changed the game. I think he's got a point there, Rob. Because the way that they mm. play at their best and win games, it does take energy it takes creativity you know they've got to go back out there again and find ways to get in behind um i think it does smack of a strong squad you had mm. goals today yeah. from bernardo silva again who looks a fantastic little player can come in for david silva or, or he's in a lot now for, for de bruyne and produce um good performances Ilka gundawan scores the third goal in the 79th minute another example of really good players at this club and Pep needed those guys today mm. because it wasn't always silky. Um, but just when they needed it in the second half, it's a really good sign that they stepped up, improved yeah. their football and won the game comfortably. And it's interesting he talked about Raheem Sterling, who's an individual. We've seen the progress over the last few years. But almost as though Sterling, he said, you know, wasn't involved in the first half. Basically, didn't have a great first half. I was, I was keeping an eye on this game. But second half just came to life, understood he, he had an important role to play, got, got his goal, had a hand in, in, in all the dangerous things that he did. And... I just want to go back to that point about imagination and creativity because I think sometimes it'd be good to explain that. That comes, Rob, when you're rested, when your mind's right, when your focus is right and you're fresh. It's difficult to do that when you're tired. When you're tired, you just do the basic things well and want to get through a game and make sure you you do okay. And that's a little bit where City were today. Uh, uh, Sorry, and other teams do it differently. So a a Chelsea of old Mm. or other sides can grind out. They can grind more where they have a a few flurries, a few moments in a game where they win it. Three or four of those, yeah. And they stride on to a title. City do it a little bit differently and rely on 
you know, real creative football, bright football to find a way through teams that know they play that way and make it really hard. And what was impressive today, three of the, what you'd say usual, back four didn't play today. Danielson, uh, Otamendi, Laporte and Zinchenko was a back four. Yeah, and, and good minutes for mm. squad players. You get a victory and you get more experience. And you talked about it earlier on, Rob, as, as this team's it benefited from experience. Mm. Well, these players are playing a lot most weeks now and getting plenty of game time, which helps them when they're needed. Yep. Not playing quite at the, the sparkling best, but getting the job done. That's Manchester City. We've got one more final section today where we want to give some attention, a little bit of love to the teams we usually get by, bypassed in favour of the big boys. There's an almighty scrap forming at the bottom of the table and we're getting amongst it. This is the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, on our latest podcast... We asked our listeners to rate and review our show through Apple Podcasts. But in that review, basically tell us what they think of our show and, and how we can improve and, and, and what things we should do in the future. Now, we've got a really good response here from John Mejia. who basically says to us, I love the show, but the weekend shows are, are so short and most of it's spent speaking about the big six. If we could hear you guys, your guys' opinion on some of the smaller sides, Leicester preferably in brackets, <laughs> it would be great. So let's just do that. Let's whip around mm. the other games from, from this weekend. Um, thanks, John, for the review. And that's exactly what we want to hear from people about, yeah. how we can change, how we can make our shows better. Now, Leicester City, let's start with them. 2-0 against Watford today uh, in a performance that that is kind of typical of Leicester. I think yeah. they're, they're improving. I think the young players are proving that this city, this Leicester City side is going to has got some future in it. I mm. do like the manager. I understand that he is not a flamboyant type in his press conferences, and sometimes the football is a little slower, but it's different. It's more possession-based, yeah. and it should be the way that the club want to go forward. And with those young players putting mm. in performances, this was a really good result. Absolutely. And if there's one, man, one young player who epitomises it, uh, Robbie, it's James Madison. Last weekend, mm. got sent off for um, a second yellow card for simulating a, a foul. Served his suspension midweek in, in, in the League Cup action uh, in, in the win that they got against Southampton. And then scored a wonderful goal today. He's a yeah. talent, this kid. It's the yeah. kind of kid that you start building a team around with some of those young players. And you say, future's bright, bright for, for Leicester City. Yeah, I mean, you know, Damari Gray, you've got mm. Wilfred Ndidi, Ben yeah. Chirwell. You know, it, it's a team that's got a lot of young players and... I just think this manager, Rob, I mean, they're sitting now in eighth spot mm. in the Premier League, one point behind Manchester United and with a positive three-goal uh, goal difference compared to minus one for United. Interesting to talk about managers because we just talked about Southampton, didn't we? Let him go. They were finished eighth in the table for the same man who they, they thought weren't, yeah. wasn't being good enough. Yeah. Talking of managers, Javi Garcia signed a four-and-a-half-year contract uh, this week before the game. I hope he's done it in a sharpie and it's indelible because, <laughs> you know, these, these Watford owners, they might drag that contract back. But a little disappointing for them mm. and consistency is going to be a thing for Watford, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they, they again, they've already shown us that they're a pretty good team mm. and we know that their recruitment, going back to the Southampton, is very good. They've mm. got a very good scouting network. Uh, Will Hughes has done well in a wide position. Decore and Capu are a solid midfield pairing. Mm. Uh, but Roberto Pereira has been the star for me on the, the, the left-hand side. So... And not a good one today for them, but mm. they're going to be absolutely fine. And Gracia is doing a good job. Let's move it on to Crystal Palace. Robin Musso don't do well at all at home. Don't often score goals at home. They got two today. A beauty by Andrus Townsend is the second. First one, McCarthy from a free kick went all the way in against a team down there amongst it with them, Burnley. That was a huge win for Roy Hodgson and his team. 
A theme that came out today, Robbie Earl, mm. remember we talked about this, that mm. so many managers, and Crystal Palace and Roy Hodgson's one of them, so I'm going to bring it up right Stock now. Stock line. Stock line has been, in the last few weeks, our performances are better than our results. Yeah. And at some wah, point, wah, I think wah. we've said, well, okay, because there's like three or four, five of them yeah, saying it. Yeah. You've got to start getting the results. And today, to be fair, mm. Palace did. Yeah. And we're all over Burnley. I think, was it 25 shots they managed in the game? Yeah, Total 26 possession, shots, yeah. Some really bright, bright play. Mm. And I think he's right, to be fair, Robbie Earl. I think Palace's performances yeah. have been pretty good without the results. But this will do a lot for their confidence, for their standing in the league table, of course. And, you know, we know that they're missing Christian Benteke. We know that goals have been tough to come by. So when you get a couple of goals from players that don't often score a lot, mm. that's a big bonus. The other manager, the, my ginger-haired friend, yeah. in, Come in on, the, eh? the other yeah. dugout was saying that we've been playing well and not. And then, Rob, from a team that finished seventh, 36 goals scored and 39 goals against last season was the reason they finished seventh, but the, it was small margins. Those small margins are hurting, well, them, hurting them more than I thought. I had a lot of, of, of and I still have Come on, eh? faith in Sean So Dash. what's he doing then? What, 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 how has he let it get to this situation if he's that well, great? I'm not we saying argued he's last getting, year. He's, we get, argued. he's letting it get to the well, situation. Well, we argued mm-hmm. about who should take the next big job, Eddie Howe or Sean Dyche. And you were like, I'm all in on Sean Dyche. Yeah. He should get the Everton job. Yeah. He's, he's the man of the future. Mm-hmm. Well, explain why he's not doing it. Well, basically, he hasn't got a forward line and he hasn't spent any money in the summer. The Europa League absolutely killed his team that, that's not deep and, and, and has got a squad. And I believe in the ginger Guardiola. Well, he's got a lot to prove, mate. And, you know, it's your reputation on the line, Robbie. <laughs> so... <laughs> Saying all that, I thought they were going to get relegated last year and they ended up, where were they, seventh, seventh last season? So, no, there's a long way to go. But but Burnley, wow. I mean, the alarm bells are starting to ring. Yeah. They're in trouble. Let's move it on to Newcastle United. Three straight wins. Rafa's got everything going there and they face a West Ham team that you never quite know what you're going to get out of West Ham. I'll tell you what, you got a performance today. You got a brace from Javier Hernandez. You got another Felipe Anderson goal and you got a West Ham team that under Pellegrini just starting to to show that they, they're going to be mid-table. They, they are a strange team. Mm. They're a strange team to analyse because you, you, you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. Also a note today in Newsy is Jack Wilshere and Andy yeah, Carroll on the bench. On the bench yeah. Now, are they, Robbie Earl, Mamo Pellegrini-type footballers? Are they going to be a, an important part of his starting line going forward? Options. Do you think it's just options? Options. Jack Wilshere is that sort of footballer, though, that can play, Yeah, and want to keep the ball. the ball and make it happen. Mm. I think Andy Carroll is an option whether it's off the bench, whether it's starting or now, if it doesn't play every week, as picked knocks up. I just think he's a good player to have around. If he can keep him fit, Andy Cowell is a bonus. Yeah, Chicharito, mm. what a good bit of timing oh, to start scoring yeah, goals. goals yeah. With him and Anatovic up front, he will want to be in the team now for the foreseeable future. Newcastle United, mm. recently three yeah, great victories win. in the Premier yeah. League, yeah. but came down to earth with a bit of a bang today. And I think that's going to be the way. That's of going Newcastle. to be Newcastle. And Rafa's got to hope three wins and a loss, three wins and a loss through to the end of the season. That'll yeah. be them safe, and that'll be enough. Mm. Let's get to Cardiff City because right now I can imagine a dad dance on the dance floor, a 70-year-old man, Neil Warnock, celebrating a great win against Wolverhampton Wonders on Friday. And doesn't he look remarkably well? I know for you, a, for keep a on, you keep on about his I, I, age. I'm, I'm shocked he's 70. Looks, aren't you? 70 today. Many congratulations. Happy birthday, Neil Warnock. And a, a marvellous career. 50 years in the game. And what a game it was. Mm. Brilliant kind of late drama in the second half. A real kind of sense of this is what Cardiff City are yeah. all about. Plenty of balls in the box. Opportunities. 
crash bang wallop they they come back and, and they beat Wolverhampton Wanderers mm. and now that puts them out of the bottom three with a chance of staying in the league it's just can they do that enough times at home to stay in the division and that's the big question but full marks to Warnock you know he's been criticised he's been loved he's had so mm. many clubs uh, 15 clubs I think he's had with eight a record breaking eight promotions and another victory and Cardiff have a real chance of staying in this league I thought this was a classic game of two halves in the first half I thought Cardiff played wanted to try and play like Wolves and weren't very good at it and, and, and were poor and in the second half Wolves tried to play a bit like Cardiff and get all aggressive and they weren't very good at it and Cardiff beat them it's like be yourself and that's one of the slight worries about Wolves are they slightly changing their, their, their personality well they, they shouldn't be because I, I think you're right I think they're right and, 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 and Nuno, we know the way he likes to play. Mm. It's all about possession. Mm. And I worry if they don't continue to try and dominate possession when the pressure's on. And this was the game to do yeah, it. Yeah. They're not ready for that, Rob. Mm. They couldn't do it. And it worries me if they think they can scrap and... One point out of possible 18. Mm. Just, you know, we're getting into a Christmas period and we know this league, Rob, is relentless. If, if you get on, on a slippery slope. But I think there's yeah. enough good players and he's, he's a good enough man to get right. himself out of it. But, but, but I also totally recognise this. Many years ago, my Middlesbrough started off like a house on fire and you got around Christmas and we dropped like a stone. Mm. It does hit you. The euphoria from promotion drops off and you then struggle for a long period of time. Now, I'm not saying that the Wolves can't bounce back, but it is kind of reminiscent of, of a situation that I had where you're so high. The results were so good early on that, wow, things get tough pretty quickly. Yeah, a flaky midfield player called Musto in the midfield <laughs> didn't help yeah. at all. Let's move it on to Huddersfield because they lost 2-1 against Brighton at home. And this was interesting, Rob. They got a goal in the first 55 minutes. Jorgensen got, got a header. And then a key moment in the game, Steve Mounier oh, yeah. got a, a, a straight red card for a tackle that was seen as excessive force or endangering the safety of opponent. I think as professionals, we both saw it and thought, it's, it feels like a yellow more than a red. Yep. It changed the game. Brighton equalised just before half-time. Brighton go get, get the winner against 10-man uh, Huddersfield. Mm. And that's how different your look can be in, in, in this league if something goes against you. Yeah, and, and that's the fine line, I'm afraid. And, and when you play a team that's, that's similar to you, you need every bit of luck you can get, particularly mm. when you're at home. And Huddersfield Town, you know, have, in recent weeks, have found a little unbeaten run which is yeah. really important but today I just thought this is another chance to go and kick on and stay yeah. out of that, that uh, momentum the bottom three it's key down, down there and it and will come back to yeah. it's going to be tight for Huddersfield all season yeah. it, re it really is but you're right it was a, it was a, I just thought it was a yellow and a half today mm. his foot yeah. was a little high but remember Mark Clattenburg you, you've got to be sure on those down. things haven't you to, for me yeah. to, to, to give a red to change the course of a game you've got to be sure he's definitely and, and yeah. I didn't think it was one of those it's a little unlucky for Huddersfield but listen Brighton again Glenn Murray started on the bench still got a, a, another victory and just a bit of consistency about Chris Hewton's team and you get the sense with Chris Hewton he's not going to allow things to get too up one way and too down the other they should be okay good news for them Pascal Gross started this game mm. Eve Basuma uh, Florent Adoni the new players yeah, as well players. as some of the good mm. recent signings are starting to get into this starting lineup, which has to be you know good news for them and, and, a, and a tremendous mm. victory they are going to be fine yeah. they got enough players there in that squad to, to have a good season so we hope you listeners like that we've gone all through the league and if you do want us to do that make sure you, you drop us a note on, on Apple Podcasts when you download the Two Robbies show and let us know what you think about the show and what you want us to talk about that just leaves us a time for Tweet of the Day and we got a huge response to the question about Jose Mourinho and his future prospects the Tweet of the Day goes to Are You Blades so are you please make sure you direct message your address and we'll get a Two Robbies scarf to you in the post in the next couple of days so 
On a day when United struggled and got a draw against Southampton, Manchester City struggled a bit and got a 3-1 win against Bournemouth. Remember, for more drama, discussion and often disagreements, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts to download the Two Robbies show. And finally, from me, thanks to all our good friends over at Culver City. Yes, thanks for everybody for listening to the show and letting us know your thoughts through social media. I'd certainly have plenty of really good ones this weekend. And of course, a final reminder from me to find and subscribe to the Two Robbies podcast. We'll be adding another episode after tomorrow's big Derby Day matchup. So unfortunately, we have to skip next Saturday's football show as we'll be in New York City for another Premier League fan fest. But we'll return the following weekend. So until then, it's good night from me. Good night from him. Good Good night. night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 